0: Let's go to Judges 6, 11, and 12. No more stalling, I promise. Uh, this is a word from the Lord for somebody. It was a word for the Lord, from the Lord for me. And if you have an open heart, God will give you a word today that you can take and live on. How many have been living on surrender? How many have been trying from last two weeks to try to surrender your life? You've been surrendering everything to him. Amen. Surrender is not a one-time deal. You have to do it every single week. And I have surrendered all of myself for the next few years as a pastor. Just this last week, I just had so many things come at me and I just went to the Lord and I said, Lord, you you have everything of me and uh, we're gonna see great revival in this church. I hope you're ready for it. Buckle up, baby. Buckle up. It's gonna be a ride. Judges 6, 11 through 12 And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under the oak which was in Oprah You get a car and you get a car Sorry, that's what my brain does when I see Oprah That pertained or pertained unto Joash the Ibizrite? Is that how you would say that? Good guess And his son Gideon, there's the name we want to focus on, Threshed Wheat by the wine press to hide it from the Midianites they were sieging the land and he was hiding his work and his food and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him the Lord is with thee comma in other words what comes next is based on what I've already said amen the Lord is with thee thou mighty man of valor of course Gideon had a few things to say about that We're going to talk about that a little bit, but I want you to hear my heart today when I'm telling you that we're living in unprecedented days, and we need people who are courageous Christians in these times. Amen. We don't need to be looking at everything that the world is throwing at us. There's so much noise. You you can't even find the truth in the noise anymore. And I want you to know that there's still knowledge in the noise, amen. There's still truth in God's word for us to live on. And so I want you to know that we have to get our courage from God, amen. We're not courageous Christians because we are good ourselves. We're courageous Christians because we're courageous being Christ-like. And I'm gonna talk to you a little while about great courage equals great hope. Amen. Let's go to the Lord Jesus. We need you to put this word into our lives, Lord God. We don't want to be salt that is trodden trod underfoot. We don't want to be salt that does, that's lost its savor. We don't want to be a light that's dimmed in this world, but we want to be able to invest, Lord God, what you've given us and be a, a strong light in these times, Lord God. So help some of us that are feeling you and feeling your presence today and help us, Lord God. I come on behalf of everyone here or online that feels like they are staring down an unsurmountable situation. I pray that you release courage because you are with them and because you are our hope and our courage we can put the name of Jesus on our lips and have victory and somebody can say amen to that. You may be seated in the house of the lord saw a bumper sticker this week and i really liked it it said in valor there is hope in valor there is hope valor gives the hope of victory to others did you know that that when you see courageous people it gives you hope for victory i can tell you the shirt version of this sermon if you need to go if you need the cliff notes here here you go Great courage equals great hope, or great hope equals great courage. They're interchangeable, because if you find hope in Christ Jesus, it'll put great courage in you. And if you find courage in the things that God has done for the people in the scriptures, and you page through and you find something where it looks like they they were up against unbelievable odds, and you see their courage and you say, well, if they can believe God for that, I can believe God for what I'm going through, that produces, that. that. That courage in you will produce hope. So, either side, these things produce each other if anchored in Christ Jesus. Amen. All right, have a good night. (laughs) Sermon done. (laughs) Have a good week. Go in the in the hope of the Lord. But in this day, seeing what we are seeing, it's getting crazy out there, folks. It's getting crazy out there, folks. THERE IS NOTHING WE NEED MORE THAN COURAGEOUS CHRISTIANS AND ABIDING HOPE. AMEN? OUR COURAGE THAT BELIEVES THAT THERE IS STILL VICTORY IN THE CHURCH. DOES ANYBODY BELIEVE THE CHURCH STILL IS VICTORIOUS? AND A RESIDENT HOPE, A OCCUPYING, NEVER DYING HOPE IN OUR HEARTS THAT SAYS, FOR WITH GOD, NOTHING IS IMPOSSIBLE. ANYBODY WANT TO PREACH TODAY WITH ME? Should I take my jacket off and get a little Pentecostal? And then my mind drifted to Joshua 1.9 where the Lord encouraged the young man Joshua to be strong going against Jericho. And he encouraged him to do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In other words, he's saying wherever you go in conquering this land, I'm going to give it to you. But do not be afraid because fear will keep you out of the fight tweet that fear will keep you out of the fight i don't need you to tweet it i'm just joking but you know what i mean everybody's looking for quotes nowadays then my mind settled of course on gideon how many have read the story of gideon and how god called out him in a moment where he's hiding he's in hiding He's trying to do something where you should never do it, which is thresh wheat in a wine press. Normally, you thresh wheat in a field, in a threshing floor, and that way, whenever you throw the wheat, the chaff is caught by the wind and blown away, and the meat of the wheat is separated and lands, and you can then harvest it. But this is where he's at because he's hiding it, because the Midianites have besieged the land, and what they would do is they would watch from a distance, and they would let them work and they would let them do their things and then they would sweep in and they would take all of their work that's what the enemy likes to do he likes to see you work and he likes to see you toil and then he likes to sweep in at the end and try to take it all from you but i come against that in the name of jesus amen my apple watch says it's time to stand and so i take a stand in jesus name Amen. This is going to be a mess today. I got sermon everywhere. I don't know what's going on. But I do feel the presence of the Lord in my heart and my mind in preaching this because we pick up our text with Joshua with, in Judges with Gideon standing there fearful and afraid and not knowing his future. And the angel of the Lord shows up at the weakest point of his life. Has God ever showed up at the weakest point of your life and given you a snapshot of what you're going to be and your faith needs help to believe for it but you look at it and you say if that's what you want me to be god that is what i'm going to be whether it's being in ministry or it's being in in some sort of job or role or profession whatever it is god puts in front of you he's going to perform it and someone said amen so the children of israel did evil in the sight of the lord you know the whole story and they were delivered into the hands of the midianites seven years and they were under this siege and so while they were doing this, the angel of the Lord came unto the place where Gideon was in the threshing wheat, as he was threshing wheat in the wine press. When the angel appeared unto him, he said, You're a mighty warrior. Of course, he wasn't, but that's what God was going to make him. Amen. When God tells you something, do not doubt it because God has the ability to make you what he says. He can make you. If God said he's going to use you, he's going to use you. If God wants to change things in your life and your family, he can use you to do it. Whether you have the capabilities or not, whether you have the, the status or the talent or not, God can take you to places you never thought you'd be and he can keep you there longer than you ever thought you could stay. God can rise, lift you up. He lifts up and he pulls down amen and if God puts you up he can keep you there I'm thankful that God has his hand on my life and he's controlling everything God you have control amen so Lord turned to him and said go in this thy strength of course we understand that Gideon had some questions and so he dealing with the angel and the angel tells him all these wonderful things that he's a mighty man of valor and he asked Gideon like you would ask the same question in a hard situation just like where we are right now in our country where we're looking at the future we don't know what's going on we're trapped between the victory of the church and the mess of our world and we're standing in the middle of a situation just like Gideon in this moment and in this time and we can ask the same question Gideon asked whenever it says the church is going to be mighty and is going to be victorious I wonder if we'd ask the same question O oh my lord in verse number 13 "O oh my lord be with and Gideon said unto him O oh my lord if the lord be with us why then is all this befallen us why then am I trying and struggling to get an exemption letter? And why in then am I struggling and trying to figure out everything that's come against me? Why then am I trying to figure out how I'm going to plan my future around the possibility of lost jobs and lost economy and this and that and all that's going on? And I'm not here to rise up any political opinions. I'm just here to preach that you are going to get throughout your life, you're going to be standing in the very position that Gideon is in more than once. You're going to be in a place of loss and a place where you don't know what to do next and you're going to be asking heaven why has this happened to me and when you get there you may even ask the next question where, where be all the miracles which our fathers told us of saying did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt or out from Egypt but now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites this is what Gideon was struggling with this is where his faith was at very low We've been delivered into the hands And why? Where, where are all the miracles that brought us out of Egypt? And the Lord looked at him, and the Lord looked at him in verse 14 and said, go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianite. Have I not sent thee? Has anybody in here been sent by God? Does anybody know you're sent? to raise those children you're sent to do something for God beyond just the daily cycle has anybody been sent from God to believe that you have a future and a hope in Christ Jesus does anybody here know that he is a sovereign God and he is above all and he is El Shaddai and he can cover us amen and he can do anything and I believe it still even though I know the world looks tenuous and things are 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 all around us caving in and I don't know what to do with all of that even there are moments where I've searched the scriptures and wondered is this the right answer for what I'm seeing in this world But I can tell you I have been sent by God and I've been sent to this pulpit today to tell somebody if you're stuck in the middle Jesus was stuck in the middle too he stood between God and man and he died on a cross for you and that cross looked like defeat but it turned into the greatest victory on planet earth the greatest victory in all eternity and if we're stuck in the middle i tell you we are still sent by god and there still is going to be victory in the cross amen i don't know if that resonates with you but it sure resonates with me today and i pray that you understand that gideon is not the only one that asked this question we all ask this question i mean we look in scripture and we can see all throughout, Moses asked the question. Exodus 3.11, you see Moses asking, who am I that I should go before Pharaoh? He was the greatest superpower of that day. And Moses is going to walk in with his shepherd staff. I mean, sometimes God asks you to do some pretty crazy stuff. I'll be, I'll be real with you. I, I don't know that I always had faith to believe that the church could could be built in Brookfield because there's just so many churches. But God told me to come here, and that's what God told us to do, and that's what we did, amen? So we get to the first, one of the first principles, and I'll say it in just a minute, but then also, while he was asking the question, who am I to go before Pharaoh in verse 12 of Exodus, it says, I will be with you. God said, I will be with you. That is all you need to know is that God is with you. That's the answer to a lack of anything is that God is with you. When you feel lost, you're going to feel that way. In fact, if you get any high-stress high, high stress job or you get into any uh, difficult position, you are going to feel like you are not enough because that is a human condition. Just know that when you get there, you have to get to, to a place where you can get in your car or go into the restroom or whatever you have to do at work or, or wherever you are in that emotional moment, and you need to pour it out before God and say, God, I feel this way, but I have faith to believe another way I feel overwhelmed but I have faith to believe that I cannot be overwhelmed because I'm a child of God I feel like I'm this way but I don't want to be driven by my feelings I want to be walking by faith because we walk by faith and not by sight brothers and sisters so that way we understand that our faith brings the impossible through Christ Jesus and if you live in your feelings you will have what you believe in Job said, that which I feared has come upon me. If you live in your feelings and your fear, that which you feel and fear will come upon you. But if you walk in your faith, you will have what you believe for in God. Amen? Great courage. Great faith. And so in Judges, the Lord called him, A mighty man of valor. And then we see the others that ask the question, Moses, I'll be with you, God said. Jeremiah, remember Jeremiah? He says in verse 6, Ah, sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. He even said, I don't even know how to say words. I could put sentences together to handle this situation. I am only a child, Jeremiah says. And the Lord comes to him. And says, I will be with you. He said, I will be your rescue. Go to the next verse I gave you. He said, I will be your rescue. That is okay. They'll get in in a second. And then in Exodus, we see God handling all the questions. He takes a question mark, and he turns it into a straight line and puts a period below it and makes it an exclamation point. God does it every time. And I'm so thankful that he has done that in my life. And so we get to Gideon again in Judges 6 and verse 16. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. He tells Moses, I will be with you in Exodus 3.12. He tells Jeremiah, do not be afraid of them, for I will be with you and will rescue you. He tells even Jacob when he's laying with his head on a rock, wondering how he's going to get past his brother. He says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then verse 15 of Genesis 28, he tells Jacob, I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Amen. If you ever wonder why you find me on my knees praying in the worst times of my life, it's because I'm trying to get a promise from God. Because if I can get a promise in my worst day, it will still be there in my best day. Because if you can get God talking, if you can get get God speaking in your life he has to fulfill anything that he says amen so you have to understand that when God promises something it's as good as done and so whenever you see me weep in tears when you see me going through something hard don't be concerned for me brothers and sisters I'm just laying out before God trying to get a word from the Lord because if he says it it's done in him If he says my children are saved, my children will walk with God. If he says this church will be victorious, this church will win souls and make heaven populated told Joshua be strong and courageous do not be terrified do not be discouraged for the lord your god will be with you wherever you go the with you component is everywhere in scripture matthew 28:20 and surely i am with you always to the very ends of the earth or age hebrews 13:5 never will i leave you never will i forsake you He's a God that doesn't leave you, and he's a God that doesn't abandon you. He will never leave you or forsake you. So the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men when he gathered them all together. He said, take them down to the brook of Herod. Took them down, he said, let them drink. I'll tell you which ones to take with you, because you see, if they were to take the, 20, the, the thousands that they had, I remember how many thousands gathered If they took the thousands that they had, they would have said, we won this fight by the strength of our hand. They said, nobody gets the glory but me. Sometimes you come to the bottom of yourself just so that God will always get the glory for lifting you back up. Sometimes you get to places where you think, why am I here, Lord, it's so that you will never take the credit for getting that job, for getting that success, for getting the things that are in your life. And every time you look at what's shiny in your life and what's blessing you and the house you live in, you have to say, thanks be unto God, because I would not be here having these things and being this blessed with a right mind and not being insane and living a life, not having taken my life, still living a life a blessing in hope had it not been for God anybody believe that that God will put you in places that gives him glory and when you give the glory back to him it gives glory unto God and so we see him telling him and directing him and he says have them drink and whoever kneels down and laps at the water like a dog with their face those sin home But the ones who are careful, they kneel down and they're still aware of their environment and they scoop up and drink. Take those men because they're men who recognize their environment even in their need. Even though they have a need of thirst, they do not put off the environment that they're in. They're in a time of war. So he took those men. He said, okay, take these 300. (laughs) Before he gets there, though, he needs a little bit of encouragement. And he says, I want you to go down to the enemy's camp and I want you to hear what the enemy is saying about you. It's kind of bad whenever God tells you you're a man of valor and you don't really believe it and you have to go listen to the enemy to believe it. You got to hear your haters (laughs) before you believe what God's saying about you? That's pretty bad, you know? Like, hey, go down there. So he, he tells him to go down there, so he goes down into the camp of the Midianites, and he gets up against the tent of this one dude, and he's like, he's listening to this guy, and he's like, I had a dream, and out of the hills came this barley loaf, and this guy must have had too much pizza the night before. But he's like, I had this big loaf of bread that rolled out of the hills, and it destroyed all the camp of the Midianites. Surely it is the sword of the Lord in the hands of Gideon. He's like, um... I don't know if that's true, but that's a strange dream. But anyways, the guy had the dream and then his friend gets the interpretation and he goes, oh, it's it's nothing but the sword of the Lord. It's Gideon, and, and Gideon's like, even my enemy knows I'm going to win. And he just starts worshiping. He He's worshiping off his haters' words. I want to tell you that even your enemy knows better than you sometimes how victorious God can be through you. Amen, somebody? Even your enemy. In- you, you know, the reason I'm telling you this is because you look in the mirror every. I'll close my eyes. I'm not looking at anybody. You look in the mirror every day and you see your flaws and your failures. But when the enemy looks, he's like, oh, no, they're praying. Oh, no, they're reading their word oh no they're getting back up oh no they're laying down addictions oh no they're look at them walking out look at them being victorious and you see the battle every day in you but they see the victory in Christ Jesus and sometimes you just need to go listen to your haters and they're like man I don't know that looks like victory over there it looks like God's doing something in their life and he got his testimony service from his haters And he walked out with victory, and he's like, I can do this in the power of the Lord. And so then, whenever the battle came, they were all lined up. Judges 616, divided the 300 men into three companies, and he placed trumpets and empty jars in their hands, in the hands of them with torches inside. He put candles in a pitcher and set them out. Anybody uh, here that thinks that that's a good idea? Going to go against a successful army with a pitcher and a candle? Nobody? Yeah, you're right. That's illogical. That's crazy. Can you imagine going to war with a candle? Charge! (laughs) Do as I do. (laughs) He's got a pitcher and a candle in it, and he's going to take on an army. If you have a candle and you go to war, it'd probably look a little bit like this picture that I brought. I mean, George! <laughs> <laughs> it's not war. Ha- Never mind. We're going to war. What are we going to take to war? We're going to take a candle and a picture. This would be crazy. This is ridiculous. This is what they went to war and and Gideon is now so emboldened that he's taking men into battle with a pitcher and a candle. He believes his haters so much that he's like, I can win with anything. (laughs) Y'all give me a, you'll give me a dog leash. I'll just I'll do, uh, you know, he says, follow my lead in verse 17 when I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. And they broke the pitchers and they got victory. And here's the principle. If you're writing things down, the principle from God's word is this. A lack of understanding does not excuse a lack of obedience. If you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, but you know it's in the word of God, keep doing it and you'll find out why you were doing what you're doing. A lack of... Of obedience is not excused just because of a lack of understanding we're gonna baptize some young kids next week and they have to the be the ability they have to have the ability the qualifications of baptism is he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved you have to have faith in Christ Jesus to know why you're being baptized and you're being baptized those are the requirements so sometimes we ask them hey You know, we we search out with the parents. Where where are they at? Are they talking about? And these kids that are already scheduled say, I need to get baptized. I need to wash away my sins. They already know what they're doing. They already know who they have believed. And so that is the qualifications. But they don't understand fully. But not understanding the true cleansing of the blood of Jesus Christ and that he died on a cross, a Roman torture device. They don't need to understand all of that to obey. Amen. There are things we do that we need to understand that God will ask us for obedience before he gives us understanding. And that is the principle. Judges 6:19, Gideon and the hundred. And the hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch just after they had changed the guard, grasping the torches in their hands and holding in, in their right hand the trumpets they were to blow. They shouted the sword of the Lord and for Gideon. And in Judges 6.21, while each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran crying out they fled and when the 300 trumpets sounded the lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords and the army fled understand that the lord fought the battle for them and when the 300 trumpets sounded the lord caused those men throughout the camp to turn on each other how many things have you been fighting that god will fight for you if you just put a praise on your lips If you just put a trumpet in your hand and say, I'm going to shout the name of the Lord. I'm going to shout the victories of the Lord. I'm going to trumpet the praise of the Lord. And in the heavens and in the earth, they will know that God did the victory for me. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his ways higher than our ways. Isaiah 55, 9. And my thoughts than your thoughts. God could ask you to do something crazy, but God can give you the victory for it. Amen. Amen. And that brings us to our next principle, and that is where we get our courage. This is where I'm ending today. Great courage equals great hope. The scripture tells us that we have this anchor of hope in Christ Jesus. Of course, we know that, that he holds us down. Everybody say he's hold me down. I'm just helping out. Just that's for Davion. He's hold me down, bro. There is so much great word about the hope of Christ Jesus and that we are miserable, the scripture says, without this hope in Christ Jesus. We would be like all other men, just miserable without our faith in Jesus, amen? And so there's so much word you can go dig on the hope, but I want you to understand that your courage builds hope as well in Jesus Christ, that whenever you become courageous in who you are, understand that God uses mountaintop experiences to to change your course, but he uses valley experiences to change you. to understand what I'm saying? And some of us right now feel like we're in a valley in America, like we're dealing with some things we never thought we'd have to deal with, and we need a little bit of courage from somewhere. And if you're looking for bravery, go through the book of Acts and watch how they prayed for boldness with the gospel. They prayed for courage to get the gospel out. They prayed for all of these things. What were they praying for? They're praying that God would give them that courage, amen? Their courage was in God. Their courage was in Christ Jesus. In other words, when you're in the valley, your identity matters. And that's why identity is under attack, brothers and sisters, because this world and the demons of this world and the spirit of this age understands that when you're on the mountaintops, you believe God for anything. But when your faith gets in a valley, it's your identity in the valley that brings you through. It's knowing I am a child of God. I am walking with a God who will not leave me and not forsake me. Your identity matters in the valley most. And so you get your courage from the next principle in Scripture where God says, I am God. God will always go God mode on everything in your life if you leave him at the top and not put idols in his place. Amen. I know who I have believed in, he said. I am that I am. My courage comes from my identity in Jesus Christ, and that courage gives me hope in him. There's the message today, brothers and sisters. He said, I am the bread of life. He's my nourishment, amen? I have courage to believe he's gonna nourish me. I am the lily of the valley. They used to crush the lily of the valley for medicinal purposes and use it to heal people. He's not only my healing in the valley, but he's my beautiful in low places, amen? Come on, preach with me, somebody. He's my lily in the valley. That's where I get my courage from. He is the day star. He's the brightest. And morning Star, He's the light of the world. He's the kinsman redeemer. Amen. Someone, He's the kinsman redeemer. He came for me when no one else could. He's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. That's Old Testament, but what it means is when you're absolutely wore down and can't go any further, God will keep you rolling because He's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. Whenever you feel like giving up, He'll keep you moving because He's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. I take my courage that He's the Lamb. Of of God, that he was my scapegoat, that he's water in a dry place, that he's the mighty God, the wonderful counselor, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. He's my help, my joy, my strength, my courage, my hope for today and my hope for tomorrow. Would you stand with me? That is my great courage and it gives me great hope in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. I'm thankful for the times when I felt like giving up, and somehow I just kept going. I didn't know why, but we just kept going, and we kept going because he was the wheel in the middle of the wheel. When I was no longer able to lean on my strength to find a way, he made a way out of no way. Thank God. Is there anybody that can lift a hand and say, Jesus, you're my help. You're my joy. Come on. Lift your hands and just say it. Jesus, you're my strength. Give me courage for this battle. Give me courage for what I face give me courage to believe that even if it looks like not enough all I've got is a light in a pitcher all I've got is light in some water all I've got is a thirst quencher in Jesus Christ and the light in my life to light my feet the lamp before me I pray that it's enough I pray that you give somebody courage today to believe that you're going to bring home prodigals that you're going to save to the uttermost that you're going to do what you can do God because only you can do it. It. I'm believing for it in Jesus' precious name. Jesus' precious name. Save. Set free. Deliver. Put courage in somebody's heart. Bow your heads with me. I speak over you. For the ones who never gave up, it was not because they could. Oh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for every man that stayed in a marriage. I'm thankful for every woman that stayed beside me the one that they loved. I'm thankful for every child that was raised with the fear and admonition of the Lord and even though they slipped away, they're coming back. I thank God for every child raised in the house of God that fell in love with God early and never stepped out to have a bad testimony. I I thank God for every bad testimony of the worst things that happened in their life and they've come back and they've given it all to God. I thank God for everything that's wrapped up in this house. I thank for every vessel in this place, whether marred greatly or beautiful because they never were marred by the world. I thank God for what you have done in them. But I pray for courage to be released in this house for a new hope, a new hope, a new hope. Paul said, Paul said, take this thing from me, Lord, I've lobbied you many times. Take this thorn in my flesh. And There's a special passage in scripture right there where it uses the word grace like it never uses it before. And Jesus said, My grace is sufficient for thee, Paul. In other words, if you break it down, there's new grace for every trial. And I release the new grace over this body in the name of Jesus. For every struggle, for whatever's coming, I don't care. God knows that He's in the future, He's already won it. It is finished in Christ Jesus from the cross all the way to our day to stand before him face to face. It is finished, and we shall be victorious. But in the middle, while someone is here right now stuck in the middle, God, you knew what that was like because you died on the cross. You were stuck in the middle. And so I pray new grace just as the cross released grace to a church age that we now live in, just as we are saved by grace through faith and that not of ourself, it is a gift of God. Just as we all filled with the Holy Ghost can lift our hands and say, God, give me new hope, new courage. God, I release new grace over this congregation in the name of Jesus. I open this altar right now. If you need new grace in a situation, would you come? If you need new grace in your life right now, would you come? If there's something that you're battling right now, would you come? This is a time to step out and walk to the altar. This altar's open. Step out here and come down and say, Lord, I need new grace in this situation. Lord, I'm battling in my mind where we're headed. I I, I don't even know. I'm kind of perplexed, God. I'm, I'm looking for answers. I need new grace. I need new grace, Jesus. Anyone that needs it, you're welcome to come. And we're gonna sing together, but this song is not a performance, it's a prayer. And as they begin to sing, I want you to lift your hands. Just say, Lord, give me new grace today. I need courage because I want hope in you. May be born, but it won't prosper. Nothing the enemy forms when is going to prosper. Lift falls, your hands in the presence of the Lord. Prevail. Those in the back, would you bring the lights in the house down? I want to make this whole place a prayer room right now. Let's make this whole place a prayer room. You need grace over grief. You need grace over struggle in relationships. You need grace over your financial situation. I'm releasing new grace in this place today. I believe that in the name of the Lord. You need grace over your children. New grace right now. New grace. His grace is sufficient for thee, for his strength is made perfect in weakness. I'm going to see your victory, Lord. I'm going to see your victory. Give these people courage. Give them courage, Lord. Make us bold in the Lord. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. I know how